This podcast is sponsored by Lullaman Plant Care, the manufacturer of Lolfix Pro Yield Liquid Soybean. Support your growers, support your community. Welcome to the Scoop Podcast. I'm editor of the Scoop, Margie Eckelkamp, joined today by Hunter Carpenter. He is Senior Director of Public Policy at the Agricultural Retailers Association and one of the perfect people to have a post-election recap and kind of look ahead into 2023. So what's to come? So Hunter, welcome to the podcast. Margie, it's great to be on with you. Very kind of you to say that. Uh, I try not to prognosticate too much, but thankfully the elections are behind us and we can look forward. So spot on, we are in the shadow of the midterm elections. What would you share as a key takeaway from what we saw on election night and here actually in the weeks after as the dust settles? I think the last time you had me on, we were looking forward to the elections and uh, we're we're trying to figure out what was going to happen. And I said that, um, you know, if people tell you they know what's going to happen in politics, they're probably lying to you. And it turns out that that old uh, axiom was true once again, as things did not go uh, the way many people thought they would go. There was no giant red wave, um, seemed to be more of a ripple. And um, there were some states like Florida and New York who, um, you know, Republicans did fairly well in. Uh, you had other states where it was kind of the status quo and some big uh, changes um, in some of those suburbs. So, um, as we look back at the elections, you know, the Republicans will have a slim majority in the House, it looks like. Uh, the Democrats will retain control of the Senate and we'll try to get things done on a bipartisan basis in the next Congress in the 118th. Well, so you you led right into it. So the 118th Congress, what are those bullet points that you guys are really focused on at ARA? So obviously, farm bill kind of looms large, right, with um, needing to be reauthorized in 2023. I think, um, you know, the folks that are in leadership positions in the House and Senate Ag Committees have done a great job of getting out in front of the, the farm bill to make sure it didn't sneak up on them in the next Congress and have already had discussions in rural America with farmers and with retailers and um, folks that work in the ag industry. Um, so we are glad to see that they've made a very proactive uh, push to get something done. I think we all kind of figured that it would need to be done uh, on a bipartisan basis as most farm bills are. So, you know, uh, presumptive House Ag Committee Chairman G.T. Thompson uh, has said that uh, they want to get something out of the House by July. Um, That's going to take a lot of work, obviously. Um, You look back at some of the other years where the farm bill has uh, had trouble getting passed uh, because of changes to supplemental nutrition assistance program issues. Um, there are some issues that have already kind of been solved, like in the conservation title with funding getting uh, advanced in the Inflation Reduction Act earlier this year. So I, I do think that once again, SNAP uh, payments and commodity title are going to be the, the big drivers in the discussions between the two chambers. No, that's excellent, Hunter. So we are going to be right back with Hunter Carpenter, ARA Senior Director of Public Policy, after this commercial break. We are joined by Pierin Kargig, R&D Global and USC Treatment, third-party and inoculant lead at BASF, 
Piran, what are biologicals? I think of biologicals as any non-traded value-adding input which is derived from nature. Biologicals have a broad spectrum of activity and are broadly divided into three subcategories. Those that provide nutrients to the plant, a well-known example here are rhizobial-based inoculants providing nitrogen for their legume hosts such as the BSF soybean inoculant product Volt-IP+. The second subcategory of biologicals can stimulate plant growth through phytohormone production and or through the regulation of key metabolic pathways. The third subcategory of biologicals are classified as biopesticides. These directly or indirectly affect the host plant and or the target pest or pathogen. There is no doubt that including biologicals in a grower's agronomic input toolbox can provide for more robust and consistent crop performance across each and every field. So how are you seeing biologicals being used? What are those performance expectations? Product quality and performance have improved considerably over the past 10 years or so. Today, we not only see more consistent performance of biologicals, but also that these products can complement rather than replace other agronomic inputs. It's worthy to note that many biologicals can be sensitive to storage and application conditions, so always follow the manufacturer's directions and instructions. And are biologicals regulated? In the USA, biologicals are regulated either at the state or federal level. State registration requirements differ somewhat between state to state, and such reg regulations are typically associated with biostimulants and biofertilizers. Federal registration, on the other hand, is governed by EPA through FIFRA and is a more rigorous submission process required for products claiming the control of a pest or disease. The BSF product, Volt IP Plus, contains rhizobium and also two biofungicidal activity biologicals, and as such, the latter biologicals are EPA registered under FIFRA. It may not come as a surprise to know that quality of biologicals dictate performance. BSF take both internal and marketplace quality monitoring very seriously with robust systems in place to validate our biological products. And that is Pirin Kargig, R&D Global and USC Treatment Third Party and Inoculant Lead at BASF. We're back on the Scoop podcast with Hunter Carpenter. He is ARA Senior Director of Public Policy. Hunter, you were giving some insights into the Farm Bill and what we should expect. What other legislation do you think might get pushed through here yet this congressional term? Well, they still have to uh, fund the government and keep the government open. Uh, that's supposed to get done by December 16th. We were meeting with folks on the Hill yesterday um, about drought assistance payments and trying to figure out if there's going to be any sort of emergency funding. You look back at a lot of funding that's been passed the last couple of years, uh, WIP um, payments have gone out to help with wildfires and hurricanes, um, other disaster payments. Um, we were on the Hill talking about uh, drought assistance, um, specifically for California farmers uh, and growers and um, other things that we thought uh, were of worthwhile discussions. And I'll just be honest that I think it's still kind of all up in the air on what's going to get funded. They're trying to keep the government open first and foremost. Um, so, you know, what kind of supplemental uh appropriations go into those bills are yet to be seen or determined. Um, there's still a lot of monies to get out the door at USDA um, and the number various programs that this administration has put forward, um, whether it be uh, infrastructure or um, inflationary issues, um, trying to deal with COVID issues still. 
A lot of these monies have already been allocated, but not dispersed. Um, some of them have not uh, even uh, figured out how to what to, what they're going to pay for. So um, it's I mean, we're busy uh, in, in D.C. and uh, there's no shortage of issues to work on. Yeah, no shortage of issues as they try to put a big red bow here on 22. Just looking ahead, Hunter, through 2023 policy wise, any other issues, items, ideas to put the spotlight on? Yeah, I think they still need to get the Water Resource Development Act across the finish line that deals with the ports and inland, water, inland waterways. I, I believe Richard's going to speak on that. And also, um, you know, we still have uh, this freight rail strike and what's going on there. That's going to be a huge issue. Um, they have, it seems, pushed back the deadline of when that needs to get done uh, back into December. Um, which, you know, just a few short weeks can be a lifetime in politics. Um, we're seeing uh, some changes right now going on uh, on, on Capitol Hill as they determine who's going to be in leadership positions. Some of those have, votes have been taken today. So, um, you know, every day there's something new going on. Uh, I will also say that um, we're going to see a lot more bipartisanship necessarily uh, if the Republicans have the House and the Democrats have the Senate, they're going to have to come to some agreements and there are going to be some people in the middle in both chambers that kind of control which way those things swing. So those kind of centrist blue dog Democrats and um, dealmaker Republicans, the Tuesday group, are, those are going to be the people that kind of hold um, all the marbles uh, in this game. So uh, it'll be interesting to watch how this dynamic plays out. You bought up two infrastructure issues that I know from our side at The Scoop are always top performer news stories whenever we have an update. And that would be what's going on with the rail system and what's going on with the river systems. So what are you hearing from ag retailers there, Hunter? Well, we continue to have a lot of problems with how low the Mississippi River's been um, in trying to move product. Um, the movement of product via rail has been either delayed or they've incurred um, extra charges. They don't have the labor to move what needs to be moved. It's become a huge issue um, specifically for the movement of fertilizer products. Um, and so we're worried about on-time deliveries, um, you know, for the next year. All of the volatility that we saw in the fertilizer markets in 2022 was always going to make it even more volatile in 2023 as well, because this is one of those things that affects the next season uh, too. So we are concerned about um, the volatility in that market. Um, but our retailers have done a terrific job in trying to stay ahead of the uh, the curve and on these things and um, do what's best for their customers. So coming up here in just a short amount of time would be the ARA Conference and Expo, November 29th to December 1st out in San Diego. Hunter, what are you looking most forward to? Getting back and seeing folks um, in person is, is great. I mean, we're post-COVID. Um, being in person last year after two years of, uh, of being virtual was uh, was fantastic. It's great to talk to people. Um, looking forward to seeing folks out on the golf course at Torrey Pines. It's going to be gorgeous. Um, being in a, a, a you know a nicer climate than uh, what we are in DC right now. It's a little chilly, so uh, nice to get in the sunshine of California. 
and um, just to just to see people uh, in person again. It's, I mean, as someone who works in politics, I kind of thrive on that human interaction. And so that's one thing that our conference offers is, is networking possibilities for our members. Uh, and it's a great place to uh, to break bread and uh, and hang out with one another. Oh, you are so spot on. So if folks want to learn more, they can go to ARADC.org. Full agenda is available there. By the time they're listening to this podcast, I think online registration will be closed. However, on-site registration will be available. So again, full details at ARADC.org. Hunter, any closing thoughts before we leave the podcast this time? Yeah, for those of you that want to stay involved in ARA, please reach out and tell us uh, what we need to be focusing on. We depend on our membership to kind of prioritize what our policies are going to be every year. And uh, when our winter board meeting rolls around in February, we'll take those issues to Capitol Hill and meet with members of Congress and their staffs and uh, kind of shape public policy moving forward. So thanks to uh, all of your listeners and to ARA members for staying engaged. Excellent. So that is ARA's Hunter Carpenter. He is Senior Director of Public Policy. I'm editor of The Scoop, Margie Eckelkamp. If you'd like to connect with us on Twitter, you can find us at Farmers Advisor. But until we're on the podcast again, I wish everyone a safe and productive season. There are a lot of inoculant companies, but there's only one, Lollaman Plant Care. Lollaman, the manufacturer of LolFix branded inoculants, including LolFix Pro Yield Liquid Soybean and LolFix Start Spherical Granular Inoculants, is a family-owned company that recognizes the importance of the communities anchoring our rural landscape. They are committed to supporting retail partners and helping them succeed. That's why they created the Hometown Roots Program. The Lullaman Hometown Roots Family Contest helps retailers provide their customers with class-leading inoculants while enabling them to give back to the communities that they are part of. Visit lullamanhometownroots.com for details or contact your Lullaman sales representative.